Today's episode of Read Me Romance is brought to you by Captain Man from the Disney television show Henry Danger. The kids might watch for Henry, but Captain Man is all for us. Thanks, Disney. Hey guys, it's Tessa Bailey. It's Thursday. We're here for the fourth installment of, yeah, Roping the Cowboy by uh, Kennedy Fox. And I'm super excited to continue this story. And I'm sure you guys are like dying to get there as well. I'm going to quickly read two listener emails and uh, then I'll send you on your way. So this one's from Lisa and this is going to sound like I'm, I don't know, blowing my own horn or something, but it has a purpose and also it's just really sweet. So this is from Lisa. Hi, I have to say I love you guys. It's so nice to get off work in the morning and listen to you and laugh. You guys are the best. Oh, thank you. I had never listened to a podcast before you. Okay, Tessa, I just love the fact that you included a diabetic with an insulin pump in your book. She's talking about Halfway Girl, my my, my second book that, we, that I did on the podcast. Everybody, uh, sorry, I just cried when I heard that part about her telling the hunky guy she's diabetic, and you did it so well. Diabetics are so weird about people knowing. They don't want to be different. I found out why when my daughter was diagnosed at age five. She says people who know she is diabetic will constantly critique her food and not knowing that she can eat carbs as long as she tells the pump how much. But yay, I'm so happy about your book. Lisa, thanks for writing in. Yeah, uh, so in my book, Halfway Girl, the heroine is type 1 diabetic. And my daughter is also a type 1 diabetic. And Lisa's totally right. People are so weird. They really judge when she what she eats. And they don't realize that she can eat pretty much anything as long as she gets the right amount of insulin for it. And I think a lot of people don't realize that there's two types of diabetes. One is uh, type one is something that happens when um, basically your pancreas stops working and it has nothing to do with bad food choices or lifestyle. It really, it's just kind of a anomaly and they actually don't even know why it happens. <laughs> and so, you know, a, a lot of, you wouldn't believe how many people come up to me and, and or, or talk to me about Mackenzie, my daughter's condition. And they're like, does she just like not eat well? Or does she just have too much sugar? And I'm like, no, <laughs> she didn't get a incurable disease from eating too much sugar. So type one diabetes is completely different than type two diabetes. And I know a lot of people suffer from that. And it's different and more and complicated in a different way. But yeah. And uh, anyways, I'm using this as a segue to tell you that I showed my daughter Babysitter's Club movie. You guys remember that movie from the 90s. I showed it to her because one of the characters is diabetic. And, you know, you try to expose them to that uh, if your child has type 1 to, you know, make them feel normal and like it's not such a, such a thing that makes them different. Anyways, that movie is so problematic in so many ways. I'm not talking about the diabetes part. That's separate. They did fine with that. If you guys don't remember the plot, Mary Ann's father returns to town and lives in a literally lives in a van down by the river <laughs> in the town. And the whole plot is that he won't he doesn't want her to tell anyone that he's there. So like she brings her friends down there to have dinner with him at this van where he's living by the river. <laughs> and she lies about it the whole movie and like 
it's really not a satisfying ending because, you know, like they don't really expound on the fact that this could have been so much worse. <laughs> you know, like her father just comes back to town. He it convinces her not to tell anyone he's there. And then all these young girls are going down there to eat dinner in his van. It's so wrong and bizarre. And so don't watch the Babysitter's Club. Sorry. Um, hopefully they do a remake someday. But anyways, it was that. I just wanted to tell you guys about that because I was like watching it with my jaw on the floor. <laughs> I was like, Mackenzie, nothing in this is okay. All right. This, uh, this last email is from Zoe. She says, hi, Tessa, Mel, and Leah. I'm absolutely obsessed with the podcast. She's in Australia. She got my, I got my best friend hooked after I admitted it was what I'd been listening to on on public transport. I'm very shy, but will admit that I'm an absolute sex toy nerd. And I hope that you will touch on the subject again, uh, even better if any of the writers or other future guests enjoy toys. Your openness, lack of shaming or judgment is one thing that draws me to your podcast, like sharing the fantastic listeners submitted fantasies. I have found toys essential in helping me orgasm and finding the pleasure I deserve with or without partners. RMR listeners sending in sex toy recommendations could be wonderful as I love all listeners uh, pleasure to be the best it could possibly be. And then she goes on to talk about all these amazing sex toys. And I think I'm just going to like, I'm going to email her and ask if it's okay, but I might just copy and paste it and do a post in Reby Romance headquarters about it because it's like so comprehensive. She talks about uh, clitoral suction vibrators. The company Womanizer makes my favorite suction toys. Plus they have lots of different price points. The Satisfier is also a very popular brand. So that's like a sex toy that focuses on suction of the clitoris, which, you know, I actually haven't even tried that, but I hear it makes you see heaven. So I might have to. The Clone A Willy kit, which we talked about recently on the podcast, she says that they actually just released a Clone A Pussy kit. So that's something that uh, <laughs> could be like a nice anniversary activity. I hope it, I don't know how you do it. Like, how would you do it? I got, I got, I, I have so many images in my head. Um, I might have to just buy it and test it out and report back. We vibe, we vibe does amazing toys, sync, jive, and quite a few more. These toys can be controlled by a partner on an app from far away. If you're a long distance, if you're in a long distance relationship or just away from each other, they can be fun. Also can be fun to wear out to dinner. So that was we vibe, sync, and jive. Cock rings really do vary. And if they vibrate, they are also great to put on regular dildos to turn them into vibrators, which actually I never thought about. Like, I always see these dildos that don't vibrate and I'm like, what's the, I don't like really get the point. I mean, I do, I, I do get the point obviously, <laughs> but also the vibration is such like the main attraction for me that I'm like, I don't know if I'd ever buy one, but yeah, you could put a cock ring on that son of a bitch and go to town. <laughs> okay. I think I've said enough. Lisa says, um, I did warn you that I, sorry, this isn't Lisa, Zoe. She says, I did warn you that I was a total sex toy nerd. Well, thank you for doing that. And I appreciate you sending us that list. And I'm going to share it with everybody else too. Enough talking for me. I'm going to send you into the fourth installment of Roping the Cowboy by Kennedy Fox. And I'll be back with this week's book sales and some more from Kennedy Fox, uh, some more sales stuff from Kennedy Fox when we're done. So enjoy. And I'll talk to you in a little while. Bye. Chapter 7. Cat. 
It's been three days since Braxton last texted me, and I feel horrible about the whole situation. I knew it was stupid, but I wanted him to understand what gluten does to some people, which is exactly that. The prank came to me on a whim after he made a gluten-free joke about being sensitive. Plus, he's been a grade-A asshole to me for a while. I didn't realize it'd make him that sick, or I wouldn't have done it in the first place. After I pour some homemade chicken noodle soup in a big Tupperware container, I call Mila. Hey, babe, she answers excitedly. Hey, so, um, I have a question. I can hear the TV on in the background, and she mutes it. Yeah? What's up? Do you know where Braxton lives? I ask. It's quiet for what feels like an eternity, even though only a few seconds pass. Yeah, over by the Millers, just a few houses down. Jake built a farmhouse a few years ago on his parents' property. You can't miss it once you turn off 2129. Why? I knew she'd ask. Well, I cringe as I tell her. I made Braxton a muffin with laxatives, and he's been sick for three days straight, and- You did what? Her voice rises before she begins laughing. I know, I feel terrible about it. So I made him some soup. I want to call a truce. Mila is still laughing. I don't think there's gonna be a truce, cat. You're screwed. I know, but at least I can say I'm sorry in person. So is this how the kids flirt these days? She asks, and I can tell she's still smiling. I groan loudly. It wasn't flirting. Oh, okay, whatever you say. Hey, you wanna come over Saturday night? The boys are going out, and I wanna catch up. She interrupts herself before I can respond. John's calling, gotta go. Yes, I'll come over. And fine, bye, I tell her, and the call ends. She and John have one of those marriages people dream about, and I'm super happy for her, even after all these years. Once I lock the bakery, I head toward Braxton's house. I sent Presley a text earlier to see if he was back to work, and she told me no, so I know he's home. In his previous messages, he insinuated I don't work for my money, which hurt. But I know it came from a place of anger. Just because my parents are well off doesn't mean I'm handed everything, regardless of what people think. Instead of apologizing through a text again, the least I can do is bring him some hot soup and explain to him how sorry I am, though I'm willing to bet he'd throw it back at me. As I drive there, my nerves are in overdrive, and all I can think about is my conversation with Mila. This is definitely not flirting. No, it was just a prank, and that's all. Though when I think about him, my heart flutters, and that scares the shit out of me. I turn off the highway and make my way down the gravel road, and as soon as the farmhouse comes into view, I know this is it. I park next to his truck and try to steady my breathing. I'm nervous because I'm not sure how he'll react to me being here. After a minute of reining myself in, I grab the container of soup and head to the front porch. After I knock, I hear footsteps and the door opens. Braxton makes eye contact with me, and I give him a small smile. Before I can say a word, he shakes his head with a scowl and slams the door in my face. 
I hear the deadbolt lock. Seriously? I wait a minute outside, but he doesn't come back, and I honestly can't blame him. Guess I deserve that, I shout, hoping he hears me before I go to my car and drive away. Saturday comes early, and I have a handful of pickups right before lunch, so it's essential for me to start baking before the sun rises. Considering it's fall, half the town wants pumpkin this and maple that. I've been selling out as fast as I can make them, which is a good problem to have, but I might need to hire help sooner rather than later. As I turn onto Murchison Ave, I spot my building and see something spread over the grass. Since it's still dark outside and a layer of fog coats the ground, I halfway think I'm imagining things until I park and see large piles of something. Confused, I get out of my car, and that's when the stench hits me. My jaw drops as I notice shit on my meticulously landscaped lawn. I'm perplexed, shocked, but inside, I'm losing it because customers will be arriving soon, and the last thing they want to do is smell cow shit next to a bakery. My body shakes with anger, knowing exactly who's behind this. I try to take a deep breath as I walk down the sidewalk, holding back my anger that's threatening to spill over. Once I make it to the front of the building, I notice a note taped to the door. Yanking it off, I read it. Don't worry, it's 100% organic and gluten-free. I crumple the note in my fist and release a loud groan. Braxton, the bastard. I'm absolutely enraged, to the point that it takes me a few times to get the door unlocked. I'm a wreck because I have to get rid of this shit before people start showing up, but I won't be able to remove it all myself. Hell, I don't even have the equipment for it. Plus, I need to start baking immediately. I live and die by my schedule on Saturdays, and if one thing throws me off, it will fuck up my entire day. While my anger level rises, my patience wanes. But I try to calm down and think of a solution to my problem as I turn on the ovens and begin prepping the cookies and muffins. If I cancel my orders, rumors will fly and people will talk negatively about my business. Nevertheless, if cow shit greets them on their way inside, I'll have the same result. As I plop the dough on the baking sheets, the only thing I can think to do is special deliver every single order. I'll have to call my parents to help me, which irks the hell out of me, but I can't do this alone while keeping my customers satisfied. So I'll have to suck up my pride to make this work. After I spread more dough on the cookie sheets, I call my parents and put the phone on speaker. Thankfully, Dad answers. Hey, kiddo he says, way too cheerfully for this early in the morning. Dad, I need your help. I'm close to tears. Everything okay? He sounds alarmed. I smile, hoping he can hear it in my voice, though I'm still at a level 10 pissed. Yes, for the most part. So, I got pranked by someone, and there's a whole load of cow shit on the lawn of the bakery. Is there any way you can get someone to come shovel it up, please? Plus, free fertilizer. 
I throw in a laugh for good measure, though I'm not happy. Who'd do such a thing, he asks. I don't know, I lie. Someone cruel? A few moments pass and he exhales. Sure, I'll make some calls. But it's Saturday, Kat. Might take a while. Thanks, Dad. I really, really appreciate it. Love you, honey. You need to come see us soon, Dad reminds me. I know, Dad. I will. I promise. Tell Mom I said hi. Love y'all. Proud of you, Kat. We love you, too. The call ends, and I feel some relief when I figure out how to solve this. I call Mrs. Brassard, my first customer of the day, and tell her I'll deliver her order. After her positive reaction, I call every other person on my list and let them know I'll drive their orders to them as well, which thrills them all. Though I'll be busy until dark, at least everything will work out, as long as nothing else horrible happens. I'm exhausted. After baking my ass off and running around town like a crazy person while wearing a damn dress, I'm done. As I lock up the bakery, I walk outside and am happy that even though there's still a faint smell, the shit's gone. On the way home, Mila calls me and asks me if I'm still coming over, so I lie and tell her yes. Truthfully, I forgot I talked to her earlier this week. I give her a brief overview of today's events and promise to tell her more when I get there. As soon as I arrive at her house, she's asking 50 questions, so I explain everything. You're totally crushing on him, she hands me a glass of wine. No, I'm pretty sure I hate him, I hurry and defend. Liar, she waves me off. You so do, and it's okay. He's a good-looking guy. Nice when he wants to be. He's an asshole, Mila. It sounds to me like you both have the hots for each other and you're both too stubborn to admit it, she says matter-of-factly. Chemistry like that means amazing sex. I mean, I already know you've been there and done that, but I bet it could be even better now. She knows about our night together, but I only told her. Mila's my cousin and best friend and will take all my secrets to the grave. All I want to do is junk punch him. I've had the worst day because of him. I know you pranked him first, but this was a million times worse. This is a small town. He could have ruined your business's reputation. Yep, I groan at the thought of what he did. Her phone keeps vibrating, and she glances down at her text messages. By the way she's smiling, I know it's John. I sip my wine, and Mila gives me the same devilish grin she had when we were younger and would do bad things. This means trouble. So, you want to get even? She smirks. Of course I do. Grab those pillows, she points at the couch. I've got an idea. Chapter 8 Braxton I don't know why I keep letting the guys drag my ass out to the bar, but it's probably for the best, considering Kat might have a bounty on me by now. I'm actually surprised she hasn't texted and threatened my junk yet, so I'm counting that as a win. She's the one who started this, after all. If she can't stand the heat, 
she should get out of the kitchen. As I take a swig of my third beer, I think back to this past week and the hell she put me through. First, she nearly killed me with her laxative muffin. And then she showed up at my house looking all sweet and apologetic, but I wasn't having it. Bitterness still fueled my blood, and when I looked at her, all I wanted was revenge. Knowing what she dealt with this morning brings me pure satisfaction. Surprised Kira even let you out of her sight, I tease Jackson. He has a baby and twin toddlers at home. I had to pay up front, trust me. He chugs his beer as if it's his lifeline. John's two girls are having a sleepover at his mother's, and this will probably be the last time the three of us get to go out together for a while. We're either always working, or they're with their families. An hour breezes by, and the place is packed. I have a chick named Brooklyn on my right and Fiona on my left. Apparently, they're ER nurses at the hospital in San Angelo, and best friends. After buying them two rounds of shots, the three of us hit the dance floor. Dancing comes naturally to me, so two-stepping and twirling each girl has them smiling from ear to ear. They laugh and can't keep their hands off me. Normally, I'd be all about it and even offer to take them both back to my house. But instead, I have a certain brunette bombshell consuming my mind. Fucking cat. Just the thought of her sassy, smart mouth has my dick hard. Though I'm sure the curly Sue twins will assume they're responsible, unfortunately it's the entitled snobby rich girl who kicked me out of her bed. Want to buy us another round? Brooklyn asks with an overly sweet tone. Make it a double, Fiona pumps her fists in the air. You got it, ladies. I'm nothing if not a gentleman. They both follow me like puppies and hang on an arm as I order us drinks. Just as I give each girl her drink, I catch a glimpse of a woman stalking toward me with fire in her stride. What the hell? Cat is charging for me as if she's about to claw out my eyes. Smirking in victory, I see how much my prank this morning enraged her. I was wondering if she'd hunt me down. You bastard! She screams over the music, causing heads to turn. Mila is a few steps behind her, wearing an evil grin. Shit. How could you, Braxton? You said you loved me. She pushes against my chest, making me stumble back slightly. I hadn't expected that in the least. I'm having your babies and you're out at the bar with other chicks? She shrieks so loud the conversations around us die. Our twins deserve better than this. Both girls step back so fast as if my skin literally burned them. God damn, she's good. When tears start streaming down her cheeks, I almost applaud her acting. Then I see her belly. She's stuffed something in her dress to make it seem as though she's actually pregnant. Cat, I say with a warning, crossing my arms over my chest. This isn't funny. No shit, it's not funny. I even let you do anal, Cat shouts, wiping away her fake tears. The entire bar goes silent except for Jackson, who's doubled over with laughter. I'm not at all amused, considering how everyone here now thinks I'm a cheating asshole on some woman claiming to be having my babies. Brooklyn and Fiona take their drinks and walk away, muttering, 
sleazeball and pig as they head across the room. Just great. You promised you'd clean up your act, she sniffles. All right, that's enough. I grab her arm and lead her toward the door. My grip tightens with every whispered comment as we pass. The second we're out of the bar, I spin her around to face me. Have you lost your fucking mind? I growl. That was quite the performance. Pretty good for an entitled rich girl, huh? She flashes a devious smile, crossing her arms. Guess you know what happens when you mess with the bull. You get the horns. I roll my eyes so hard at her pathetic attempt to intimidate me. People are starting to exit the bar, and I don't need the entire town to hear our conversation. Grabbing her arm again, I lead her toward my truck so we can talk in private. The only available parking spots were in the back, which is useful now, considering I plan to give Cat a mouthful. I cage her to my truck with my hands on both sides of her. You want to explain what the fuck you were trying to do? I reach up in her dress and pull out the pillow, then hold it up. Catch up, cowboy. I was getting even, she hisses, yanking it out of my grip. Are you sure that's it, princess? I bring my face closer to hers, feeling her heavy pants against my cheek. Don't call me that. Then don't act like a spoiled brat, I reply. The venom in my voice is so obvious she can probably taste it. Cat releases a throaty groan, and I know it's only a matter of time before she snaps. You're despicable. Were you jealous seeing those girls on me? Is that why you wanted revenge at a bar? You knew I wouldn't be alone. Jealous? She laughs. I think I just threw up in my mouth. Bullshit. I hiss, knowing the truth. She narrows her eyes at me, and if looks could kill, I'd be praying for mercy right about now. You almost cost me a full day of customers with your little stunt this morning. And you cost me three days of work, I counter. Guess payback's a bitch. I stare at her pointedly, daring her to argue my point. Okay, yes, she says in defeat. But I'm a small business, and the ranch has dozens of workers to replace you for a few days. Do you have any idea how much I had to scramble to get the orders out on time? I had to deliver them all while I begged my dad to help get someone to come clean it up. Of course. Daddy to the rescue. I roll my eyes. I know my words are harsh, and I'm pushing all her buttons. But she brings out a side of me that I can't control. She's hidden her true feelings from me since the day after our night together and replaced them with bitterness. If she doesn't come clean on her own, then I'll just have to prove it to her until she's ready to confess. I hate you, she seethes. Get out of my way, Braxton. Not until you admit you were jealous. I block her with my body. That's never going to happen because that's the furthest thing from the truth, she spats. You're a fucking terrible liar. I laugh in her face. Why are you breathing so hard then? I ask leaning closer until barely any space exists between us. She opens her mouth, but then snaps it shut, which makes me chuckle. I bet if I felt your panties right now, you'd be dripping wet. Just admit you want me, cat. She squares her shoulders. 
Why do you care if I was jealous anyway, Braxton? Unless it's because you want me too, she says boldly, as if she's shocked at her own words. My lips tilt up. Fuck yes, I do. Without waiting for a response, I wrap a hand around her neck and pull our mouths together. Our tongues slide between each other's lips in a heated battle as our bodies mold as one. Cat's head falls back, giving me all the access I need to devour that hot-as-fuck mouth of hers. My hands slide down her body until her ass cheeks are in my palm, and I squeeze. You feel how goddamn hard I am, Cat. Feel what you do to me. I growl in her ear before bringing my mouth back to hers. Braxton, she whimpers as her pants grow louder. Fuck, you're so wet, just like I knew you'd be. I bring a hand around her waist and sink a finger into her wet cunt. The fabric of her panties is the only barrier between us, but it won't be for long. She nods rapidly and arches her hips to meet my hand. Pushing the thin lace aside, I twist a finger inside her tightness and thrust it in and out of her pussy. Her breathing increases, and I know she wants this as badly as I do. Get inside the truck, cat. I reach behind her and pull the handle. Panties off. She looks at me in a daze, but then follows my orders. Backseat sex isn't something I had planned tonight, considering I'm mostly a gentleman when it comes to pleasing a woman. But Cat has me so fucking riled up, and I know we both can't wait. Cat twirls her panties around her finger like a fucking temptress, and once I climb inside, I shut the door behind me. I grab her drenched panties and shove them in her mouth. You gonna act like a tease? You gonna get fucked like one, I warn lifting her body and bending her over. Sliding her dress up, I expose her bare ass, then slap a hand over it. Oh, she mutters around her mouthful. Fuck. You like it dirty, don't you? Should have figured after all the uppity attitude you dish out. Cat looks over her shoulder and scowls at me. I flash her a wink, knowing she's as desperate for my cock as I am to give it to her. I slide a hand between her ass cheeks until I'm pressing two fingers back inside her. I finger fuck her until she cries out and shakes against my hand as she comes hard and fast. I don't give her any time to recuperate as I spin her around until she's straddling my lap. Removing the panties from her mouth, I cup her face and kiss the hell out of her. Lifting my hips so she can feel my hard cock against her. She pushes down and grinds on me. Without having to be told, Cat leans back and undoes my belt buckle and jeans, then lowers them along with my boxers. My dick instantly springs free, desperate for her. Fuck, Cat. My head falls back against the headrest as she slowly, torturously lowers herself on me. Once I'm completely inside her, she places her hands on my shoulders and rides me hard and fast. Oh my god. Yes. Her eyes roll as I grip her hips and pull her back and forth on my cock. Everything about this woman turns me inside out. 
I want so much more than a backseat fuck, but I couldn't control myself around her anymore. My body buzzes when we're close, and now that I'm inside her, I don't ever want to leave. Fuck, cat. I bring her face to mine. You feel that? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. She hums, widening her hips and grinding faster. This is so much more than a one-time thing. Say it, cat. It's more, she agrees. Holy shit, I'm going to come again. You wait for me this time, baby. My mouth latches onto her neck as my hand slides up to cup her breast. My other hand squeezes her ass and slaps it again, smiling when she squeals at the burn. Fuck yes, cat. Our bodies were made for each other. I lean back so I can watch her unravel. With my arms behind my head, I study her in amazement as she bites her bottom lip and tries not to scream as the orgasm rips through her. Moments later, her pussy squeezes down on my cock, and I'm releasing deep inside her tight cunt that I can't wait to taste later. Because this will definitely not be the last time. Oh my god, she whispers when the high dies down. Okay, now get the hell out of my truck. I can't stop the grin forming on my face when she swats my chest. Southern gentleman, my ass. She scoffs. I pull her back to my chest and kiss her softly. Let me show you all the ways our bodies can please each other, sweetheart. You're coming home with me. Okay. As long as there's an escape route for me in the morning. I smack her ass again, this time harder. And when she yelps in surprise, I take her mouth again and don't let up for air until I have to. Hey, it's me. I'm back. I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you want more in this world, in this world that's been cre- that's created by Kennedy Fox on this ranch, you should check out the Bishop Brothers series. Falling for the Cowboy it can be read as a standalone, and it involves the characters from this story that we're listening to. Taming Him, however, is the first in the series, and it's free this week only. So I would go snatch that up for sure. Check Kennedy Fox out on Kindle Unlimited. Sign up for their newsletter. You get like free freebies and a serial and chapters that they release every week. So um, definitely check that out. And they're also doing a signed paperback giveaway with swag. You know, go enter to win. Okay, also this week is Red Hot Winter by Kay Webster. That came out on Monday and that was her podcast story. So it's now out in ebook form if you want to go check that out. I'm not sure if there's any bonus material. I'm not sure, but it's really a hot book. So Kay Webster, Red Hot Winter is out. Halo is a male male rock romance from Ella Frank and Brooke Blaine. And they're going to be guests on this podcast soon. So definitely go snatch that up. Their Second Chance by Katie Robert. That's her podcast um, story is out now in ebook. The Virgin Wife by Alexa Riley is out tomorrow. So I'm sure there's a pre-order at this point. If you follow us on Instagram at Read Me Romance or on Facebook, Read Me Romance, we've probably posted about it by now. And Breath of Fire by Catherine Nolan is also out today and tomorrow in ebook. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And I'll put the links in the show notes. And if if I can, I, I make them before these books go on sale. So I'll do the best I can. If not, we'll just share them on social media so you guys can click. 
Okay, guys, talk to you tomorrow. I'll be back with Leah and Mel, and we're going to talk some some more listener emails and some fun stuff. So tune in, and we'll see you then. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind, and read me romance. Read, read me romance.